Hi, everyone. Welcome to Optimize Interviews Ethics Scenarios. Um, I'm joined by, um, by Justin today, and we're talking on the topic of working beyond your contracted hours. This is the good answer. So, Justin, my name is Danuka. I'm the registrar interviewing you today. Um, so, your, your scenario today is um, you're the IMT3 doctor on an on-call shift during the day, and you've just done a 12-hour shift at the med as the medical registrar. Unfortunately, the night registrar has not turned up and transpires that there's an unfilled rotor gap that, um, that no one has been able to fill. The site manager asks you to stay and cover the night shift as the medical reg registrar because the take is extremely busy. Um, the question is, how would you manage this situation? Yeah, so I think this is, it's, a, it's a difficult situation for, for any doctor to be in. Um, and I think there's a lot more responsibility that comes with, with being a medical registrar. I think in terms of what I would do to begin with, I think it's important to, to seek to clarify um, the current staffing situation as well as the clinical situation. So from a staffing point of view, um, it's important to clarify who is with you at the moment, you know, within your team, uh, the number of SHOs that you have present and the number of F1s you have present. Um, and amongst the SHOs, um, you know, what, what, what level of competence, um, you, you know, you have at an, at an SHO level, because it, it may very well be that, you know, within the, the you know, current SHOs they're in, that, you know, some of them, you know, might be, you, you know, it might, might have some of the competences to, to, to um, you know, act up um, as a medical registrar potentially. Um, and so clarifying what, what the staffing situation is like is I think it's an important first step to, to understand uh, to start working away and, and trying to solve the problem I think from a clinical point of view what I would want to know and to clarify is is what the current situation is like you know how many patients are waiting down in A&E at the moment how many referrals have come in and of which um, how many of these are you know sick patients that that maybe need seeing to uh, more emergently so I think that leads me on to the next step, which is which is trying to address um, any sort of clinical concerns that that might need ad addressing emergently. And um, these, for example, a, a patient that that is sick that needs urgent clinical attention, um, it might be that I would have to delegate um, first um, someone like an SHO to to go and start seeing and start clerking the patient in first, so that the initial sort of basic medical interventions can be put in place to try and resuscitate the patient whilst um, I try and sort of figure out and untangle and, and, and find a solution um, to the issue. Um, I think in terms of how to fix the issue in the short term, I think it will be important um, for me to see sort of what, what, what is available to myself. Um, so this might mean, you know, look, looking for options and looking for people to try and take over for myself. Um, recognizing that I've just finished a 12 hour shift and um, understanding that, you know, staying on uh, would also, you know, have carry itself, you know, certain risks as well uh, to patient safety, um, as I might not be safe uh, making clinical, you know, judgments, uh, having come off the back of a 12, 12 hour shift. So, so recognizing, you know, the limits of, 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 of yourself um, and taking those first steps to, to, to seek out 
um, help to see who might be able to come in and, and take over from yourself. And this might include sort of asking around within your group of registrars um, to see whether someone might be able to pick up pick up that shift as a locum internally. Uh, but if not, um, then unfortunately, so you you will need sort of support and escalation as well. So um, speaking to medical staffing and the bed manager on site to see whether or not we can extend that to sort of external uh, locums, um, as well as speaking to the on-call consultant as well, the medical consultant, um, and as well as the A&E consultant to see, see if they might be able to support us from, from that point of view. Um, but definitely speaking to the medical and call consultant to see if they might be able to support you um, and give you some advice as well. Um, so making sure those those escalations are in place. Um, and I think at the end of it all, I think it is important because it is a risky situation. And I think an important part of clinical governance is is, is obviously sort of risk management. And I, I think that, that that probably in this situation would warrant a, a DATIX to see um, what's gone wrong and try to do a root cause analysis to, to see how this sort of problem might be sort of mitigated in, in future circumstances. Excellent, very good answer. Um, now, um, so you talked, we talked about um, escalations and you, you've, you know, you've covered that very well. Um, so in terms of the, the, the aspects of clinical governance that this scenario brings up, can you tell me some of the you know, the things that come to mind. So, so I mentioned sort of briefly um, risk management, and I think that's an important part of, of um, clinical governance. So making sure that a uh, in, uh, an incident form goes in um, so that it can be discussed um, uh, to, to ensure this doesn't happen again. But I think equally another aspect of clinical governance that's really important is, is staff support. Yeah. and staff well-being so um so obviously it's it's important um, that the trust um is able to to run a rotor um that is adequately staffed um you know and that it's safe for for patients as as well as as, as well as the doctors and the staff uh, involved and, and so obviously that that's another big part of clinical governance that that you know is, is very relevant to this situation so, you know, so you talked about staff support and staff governance. Um, how do you get that information? Um, yeah, so I think what, one way that it can be done practically is, is carrying out a staff survey or performing an audit um, of, of, you know, staffing and the rota. Um, and I think through that, you might be able to, you know, get, get, get some you know, helpful data uh, put together, uh, something like a project to see whether this you know, quality improvement project to, to see whether or not um, this is some this is an aspect that you know in the trust that that can be improved. Um, and so, my final question is: Can you describe the ethical dilemmas that you'd be facing while you are trying to handle this situation? So, I think the first thing that comes to mind is obviously beneficence, which is one of the pillars of medical ethics. And you know, you want to do right by the patients, which is why it's it's such a tricky situation to be in. Um, you know, you want you you know you recognise that it is important, it is crucial for for the medical take to to have a registrar to to run it. Um, um, you know, so that the juniors might have someone to escalate to, and that you know, senior decisions can be made you know overnight. Um, so obviously you want to do right by the patients. Um, and so you want to, you know, 
that that's where beneficence comes in. But I think equally important to consider on, on the other hand um, is, is non-maleficence, which I which I mentioned briefly before. Um, in that, you know, it's important to recognize that coming off a 12-hour shift, you know, you are at very, you know, statistically you know, from a data point of view as well, you know, very, very likely to to you know impair judgment, you know, whilst you're working, you know, after a long shift. So equally, you know, you don't want to cause harm you know, to your patients through, you know, you being tired. And I think that's part of non-maleficence as well. So, you know, there's a bit of tension there between between the two and, you know, obviously getting the right support and taking the, you know, the right steps to rectify it is, is crucial uh, in this situation to achieve both beneficence and non-maleficence. Great, thank you, Justin. Thank you.